You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Today's a very exciting day. Marty, it's great to see you. I, I was really hoping you weren't going to cancel today. I mean, I, 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 was, I was up late last night hoping that you wouldn't cancel. And, and just as, as fate would have it, here you are. Uh, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. It's good to see both of you, too. Although you, you made me sound like some kind of fly-by-night flibbity-gibbet, as, as someone from Mary Poppins' era might have said. Fly-by-night? What, what is it? Fl- flibbity-gibbet? Gibbet. I don't know. It's just a phrase I've heard. I've absolutely no idea what it means. But no, of course I wouldn't cancel. I listened to um, uh, your conversation with Bruce yesterday. Hold on. Before you, um, before you say that, before you say anything. Bruce, how are you? No. Healthy alive. Before I forget, and we have to ask him at the end, because you and I will monopolize all the time. So no, continue. No, no, no. Well, yeah. I, I thought you did an outstanding job last night. Um, it's just amazing and satisfying um, to be proved right all along as slowly but surely the veils of deceit are falling from our um, our oppressors uh, for, from from their evil plots and plans. So so well done, you two. Good effort. Thank you. Did you uh, did you did you really think that uh, Klaus sounded a little dear old Klaus? He he sounded a little. Sounded a little desperate. I mean, he the way that he was doing it, you, you should have seen him. Like, think of this. Oh, I did. His, think of this I, as his I, book. When he put, well, you saw the, the video. We put the video up in Telegram. Yeah. You, you saw it. He looks so desperate when he's sitting there holding please, up his book, smiling. Please buy my book. Yeah, sorry, he's not Russian, is he? I've, I've got no, to get no. that more Austrian and German-ish. But yeah, what a sad act that man is. Um, Bruce had it right. You know, you said he's an intelligent man, and Bruce said, "Yeah, he may have intelligence, but he's an idiot." I believe is what you said, and uh, he is if he thinks that we're buying this this crock of well, you know what, we're not. However, people still are. People will still not read between the lines of the of the weasel words, and they'll think, "Oh, it's it's all for the betterment of the planet, and." Um, everything's going to be fine and these incredibly rich people have just got our best interests at heart and philanthropy is one thing but what we're seeing here is um is not the same creature at all no it's not and what do you think about their agenda shift uh, build back broader i just think he likes big butts and he cannot lie <laughs> I guess I was a bit overwhelmed yesterday when we started talking about it because I haven't actually looked at the paper yet. I'm going to read the paper this weekend, the uh, the Build Back Broader thing, which, as I was making reference to yesterday, it kind of goes along with this, which is what we covered last year, uh, which this is the uh, the Emerging Pathways uh, towards the post-COVID-19 reset and recovery. I think they've just revamped it, and they're calling it now Build Back Broader. <laughs> Why? Why? Why suddenly rebrand now? You know, we, we'd spotted all of the politicians clasping their hands together and pointing with their thumbs and saying, build back better. Trudeau, is this, is, it is Trudeau in Trudeau, Canada, isn't it? Trudeau, Prince Charles, Boris Johnson, Tony Blair, yeah. all, the, all the usual suspects, yeah. Yeah, we, we've seen them already. They've started their, um, their publicity campaign for the World Economic Forum's Eight Imaginings for the Future and uh, the United Nations... 17 sustainable development goals which as we've discussed at length all require the west to be broke and everything shifted to south america africa and asia why change now why why change to build back broader build back better was a lot snappier in my humble opinion well i think it was i mean companies think of it like that think of it like in this sense of an advertising campaign if a company has a failing product or a failing uh logo or agenda they'll rebrand and that's all they're doing here they're rebranding repackaging uh hoping that uh, they can just pick up and carry on 
that's my opinion. I mean, I'm looking at it in terms of, of typical uh, corporate marketing. Uh, that's what companies will do. If they get involved in a lawsuit or something, then they'll do a name change. They'll do a, a motto change, a logo change, something. Something to take the heat off of them, but still keep the same agenda and the same message behind the scenes. I think that's all they're doing. Yeah, so sort of like the curtain walls that shell companies give bad businessmen. Yep. Business persons, I should yeah, say. Persons, yes, persons. Got to yeah. be inclusive now. It's, it's not I, equitable I, for you to talk like that. What's wrong with you? No, I'm, I, I apologize. All right, so uh, let's let's jump over to this. Uh, I wanted to hold on to this until you got in here this week. Uh, and I sent you a, a video of this report that came out uh, yesterday. And then, of course, uh, something else happened uh, yesterday evening or yet. Yeah, it was two days ago, and then something else happened yesterday and then yesterday evening again. Uh, Iran's largest warship catches fire and sinks in the Gulf of Oman. Uh, funny how that happens, that, uh, that supposedly they were on their way to Venezuela, uh, but uh, they didn't quite make it. That, that was their largest warship. The Karg, I, I think is the name of it, K-H-A-R-G, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, sank under unclear circumstances near the Iranian port of Jask, about 790 miles southeast of Tehran, firefighters tried to contain the blaze, uh, the blaze which ignited around 2.25 a.m. local time, but efforts to save the cargo, named after the island that serves the main oil terminal for Iran, were unsuccessful. Yeah, Karg Island is indeed the, uh, the, the main oil refinery and terminal in that region. And <laughs> some time ago, during Desert Storm, it was heavily bombarded by naval gunfire. And um, I've never actually seen it because I was inside the gun bay throwing the rounds up to the feed ring. So um, I have heard of Carg Island before. And when you sent me that video, I just imagined um, the scene from Raid on Entebbe when all the Israeli um, special forces were back into the Hercules uh, aircraft uh, and singing, Hinematovunyanahim. La 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 la, and that is what I imagine the divers who um, probably caused the fire on the carg uh, did in the small boat on it on its way back to um, probably a safe harbour inside the United Arab Emirates before going back to Israel. Bruce, you want to jump in on that? I could tell you you clicked off there and you pulled your mic closer. No, uh, no, that that um, uh, exactly what I think happened as well. I don't think the ship spontaneously combusts without some kind of reasoning, uh -uh. especially when it's Iranian and they've been, you know, Israel and Iran have had their beefs with one another. Uh, it's it's strange because a few days ago, an oil refinery went up in South Tehran. And oddly enough, yesterday, after the sinking of that ship, another one went up in Tehran. What is it with these oil refineries all of a sudden going up? And then their nuclear facilities, I mean, their, their centrifuges, they, they got taken out. It's strange how that happened. The head of the, uh, the Revolutionary Guard, he, as you called it two years ago, Marty, uh, you said that he looked like he was going to be handed the poison chalice. Well, he died mysteriously of a heart attack three weeks ago. Funny how all these things are just happening like this. As Windsor Davis would say, oh dear, how sad, never mind. <laughs> That means nothing to you guys, does it? But there's a there's a, a TV show um, from the 70s called It Ain't Half Hot Mum. And it was about a British army concert party in the Far East uh, whose, whose job it was. Well, they're all soldiers, but they're, they're also entertainers. The only real soldier amongst them was uh, the Sergeant Major, played by uh, a very fine Welshman called Windsor Davis, and that was one of his catchphrases. Oh dear, how sad. Never mind. And and that's that's pretty much. I, I can only approach uh, the death of the leader of uh, the Iranian armed forces with um, complete ambivalence. You know, I I hate to I hate to. This is a terrible segue, but uh, I, I hate to do this. I saw some security footage this morning from uh, uh, from a uh, a kebab shop in New South Wales, and this guy had gone in to order something. He didn't have a mask on. And they were giving, a, giving him a hard time, you know, to put a mask on, put a mask on. Well, one of the uh, workers came around and tried to uh, get in a physical altercation with the guy. He pulls out a gun. The patron pulls out a gun. Now, I can tell what it was immediately because I, I know the difference and so do you. Uh, I could tell that it was a paintball gun because it had the little knob underneath where the magazine would normally be. It was a quick, um, what do you call it? A, uh, you know, one of those quick piercing uh, magazines where you just smack it and it 
you know, uh, it was it was a handheld paintball gun. It looked like a real gun to somebody that didn't know what they were looking at. But one of the people that worked there ran out the back door, dialed 999. The police showed up with submachine guns, took him into custody. And the guy says, look, I don't have a gun. He says, I got a paintball gun. That's all it is. So <laughs> they listen to this. Not only did they arrest him, confiscate the gun, they also searched his home, found a massive marijuana hydroponics bay, and he got 20 months in prison out of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. This, this guy pulling a gun uh, that wasn't even a real gun that wound up getting 20 months in prison, even if he is on our side of the argument as far as mask wearing is concerned, I wouldn't no want anything to do, to do with him. No, no, it's no reason it, to do that. Why? Why would you do that? Just the the thing is, um, I, with the various store owners, restaurant owners, uh, and the staff, they want their businesses to stay open. If they are seen to be allowing uh, people who should be under the restrictions wearing a face covering not to wear face coverings, they are going to get shut down. So it's it's a little bit unfair. I mean. I I don't believe in the you know the the worthwhileness of wearing a thin paper face covering against a virus that can get through uh, 0.03 microns I believe is the uh, that's the number I've got stuck in my head mm-hmm. um but I still wear a mask where I'm required to it's it's actually 1.01 is the virus the masks oh, themselves right. are 0.3. Okay, that's that's where I had that figure from, from our discussions with our friend Mike, when we were talking about air purity and um, all the devices and the different types of mask and respirator that, that people can use. But yeah, what what an absolute clown. Uh, and uh, now all his weed's gone as well. Oh dear. Yeah, he lost oh, all of- I would imagine the 20 months, though, came from the uh, the marijuana uh, hydroponics. I, I would imagine that's I, where it came from. I I don't think so. I think it's the... Um, you think it was the gun and, and the inciting the panic? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. That, that would have... In fact, had I been the judge... Uh, and I'm quite, I'm, you know, I can empathise with people. Um, I've, I've not always been uh, the, the upstanding pillar of society that I am today. And um, those poor French you know, police officers. I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I would have been inclined to give him slightly longer because 20 months. He's out in half of that for good behaviour. Although. This cockwomble sounds to me like he's going to get into even more trouble in jail. So he, he may well do his full term. But I would have doubled that just to make sure he spent at least two years in jail. I can understand. I mean, you're inciting panic and and all of that. And you've already got a, a public that's on edge anyway because of all the, the stress and you know undue stress and everything else they've been put through over the last 12 months. So I, I understand. Anyway, th- still, there's no excuse for that kind of behavior that he did. So I'm inclined to agree with you on that. You know, I engage in in a hobby where we have re- very realistic looking replica weapons. They're called riffs. Yeah. But I wouldn't dream of of taking one of those things anywhere with me other than to an airsoft site to, to play the silly games that, that we do. So... Having a paintball gun shoved down your vest, what is wrong with this guy? Sorry. Anyway, I, I think we've we've given him his yeah, 15 yeah. minutes of fame. Yeah, that's enough. All right. Lisa Shaw, uh, she was a BBC presenter, uh, and she has a, uh, a, well, her death is now going to be probed. Her family said uh, she was 44 years old, and she was treated for blood clots days after she received her her first AstraZeneca jab, and she died on Friday. Is uh, this been in the? Has this been on the TV over there? Have you have you heard anything about this? Uh, it's been in on social media. It's been on the TV. I haven't actually heard the BBC say anything about it yet because I don't tend to watch BBC news because it's not news. It's state-run propaganda. So um, I agree. However, they are in this case being one of their own. They are reporting on this one. Uh, so in this sense, I will give them the. Uh, uh, I'll give them their just due. They're the ones that are also on board with uh, having this looked into. Now, look, these things have been a problem anyway. The, these AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca jabs have been a problem anyway. Hell, they've banned them in, in most of the European countries. I can't believe you guys are still using them. Well, I'm not using them. Well, I but, know you're um, not. But I, I, I can't believe that 
that we're using any of it, quite frankly. Well, but with regards to this poor, unfortunate lady's death, every unexpected death uh, here in the UK is subject to an inquest. So there will have been a full autopsy. The cause of death would have been found out to be the blood clots. And then there will be an inquest, which is a, a formal court of law, um, in which all matters of the case will be discussed and a verdict what type of death um, will be given. So the BBC saying we want a probe, we want a, a, an investigation is a complete waste of time because it will happen anyway. And and so I don't give them the same due that you give them in this particular case, but I could see why you might make that mistake. Fair point. I won't argue with you on that because I didn't know that the uh, the investigation would have happened anyway. I, I thought that it's one of those it, things. It won't have happened yet. Or... That the, these things take take several weeks, sometimes months to organize, and the actual inquest in, into her death may not take place for another three, four months, but there will be an investigation. Well, speaking of investigations, let's go a little bit higher up on the food chain. British intelligence have said that they are reportedly it's enormous. working- enormous. Sorry. It, I'm uh, sorry, it's enormous? Is that, is that what you said? Yeah, British intelligence. It's, <laughs> it's, it's enormous. <laughs> yeah, yes. Your intelligence agencies over there say that uh, they are reportedly working with the United States to investigate the theory that the- coronavirus pandemic leaked from a laboratory. This kind of plays into what we were talking about yesterday. You've put a lot of people, now that this is circulating, you've put a lot of people in a lot of high-ranking positions on their back feet, uh, and you're starting to make them very nervous, especially when you have intelligence agencies that say, okay, we're going to take this up. You've got the media, even the mainstream media of all people, which makes me nervous, as I said yesterday, they're even saying, well, yeah, we maybe we shouldn't dismiss this as a conspiracy theory. Well, first and foremost, it's not a conspiracy theory. Second, I have a problem with the agenda that they're promoting here. Lab leak. It's not a leak. It's not a leak. I, I, I will not sit here. As long as we have a platform to speak, I won't let those, those sanctimonious frauds in the media get away with calling it a lab leak. When you do gain-of-function research, that is weaponization of that particular virus. That's what happened here. It wasn't a leak. I... I agree. It wasn't a leak. And I believe I was skeptical right from the very start. However, MI5 reports direct to the Home Secretary. So the Home Office. This is MI6 that we'll be looking at. Okay. But MI6 obviously reports to the Foreign Office. Both the um, Foreign Secretary and the Home Secretary are members of the government. And I don't trust this government at the moment. I'm ashamed to say I voted for them mainly because I wanted Brexit to happen. But I don't trust this government. I, I I think Boris Johnson, who's brought his wedding... Have you discussed that yet? The fact that he's brought... He, he have, had a secret wedding? No, but I did see that on the front page of The Telegraph the other day. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was due to get married, um, I believe... So he and, he and in Kerry Ju- Simmons. July next... Yeah, uh-huh. in July next year. And um, lots of people who were watching what was going on wondering when they'd be able to have their weddings, thought, oh, well, if Boris is having his wedding in July, we're safe to go ahead and book, you know, for ourselves. But no, he had a a secret wedding in Westminster Abbey last, well, earlier earlier this week, maybe last weekend. Just a few days ago. Like I said, I remember seeing the the, uh, the front page of the Telegraph the other day. And there's just sort of echoes of, of another deluded dictator who got married in a bunker just before I was about to po- say that poisoning poisoning his <laughs> wife and chewing himself as uh, um, as bombs were being dropped on the on his head yes you're absolutely yeah. right but anyway that's just speculation but I don't trust the government I don't trust that they will be properly instructing mi5 or mi6 to investigate the leak because quite frankly, how could they without letting the CCP know exactly what's going on? Because you would need agents on the ground in China asking questions, gathering data to come up with something. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to use any of their agents to expose something that we already are 99.9% sure of. Well, and to be honest no, with you, the World Health Organization went in there and and they cleared all that up. What more can they do? Remind <laughs> me again, who, who is the um, biggest or the 
I think actually, yeah, the biggest funder of the World Health Organization. Uh, it's a fella by the little known fella by the name of Bill Gates. Bill Gates, and then after that, the the uh, next is that's, um, it's a it's little the US. known. Yeah, well, no, actually, it's a, it's a little no. That's the UN, uh, but the World Health oh. Organization arm is primarily funded by um, a, a group of individuals uh, called the uh, Chinese Communist Party. There you go. So the World Health Organization's investigation is about as much use as an ashtray on a motorbike. I'm sure it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the person that led that investigation, that envoy from the World Health Organization, was also the individual that took the money from Fauci <laughs> through his own foundation to fund those labs in Wuhan to begin with. I'm sure that that's not got anything to do with it or anything like that. I no, no, it fully coincidence. I fully expect our governments to do a thorough job in investigating this and now I know he's lying under the rug now I know he's uh, okay no, no. that part now that, no, yeah, that part you're yeah, telling the I'm truth on. yeah uh, they're going to do a very effective job at sweeping this all under the rug and burying all the leads on this I I don't think for one second they're going to investigate this legitimately the investigation is going to find all the information and then bury it it's it's like when Senator Rand it's similar anyway to when he was talking to Fauci and he said something along the lines of, well, have one of your recipients of grants ever lied to you? And uh, he says, well, I have no way of knowing. And to be clear, to be clear that was Senator Kennedy. That, ah, that he was beg your pardon. To. Sorry. Yes, it was. And it's the same with this. We are being told by our respective governments that they are investigating the leak. But how the hell will we ever know? they did didn't properly investigate the you know the the origin of the virus the majority of people who are in the intelligence world have signed the official secrets act here in the uk for instance and if they do say anything then they're straight into belmarsh into a high security prison or worse and uh, if they say anything about it in the states orange jumpsuit and they'll be shoved into Guatemo because it's still open in it. So, yeah. That uh, is, yeah. You go down to Cuba yeah. for a little vacation. Yeah. Yeah. They would be committing treason. They, under the, the Official Secrets Act of the UK and whatever it is that you swear to in the US, if you do leak information, you are committing treason. And treason carries just about the highest penalty in law of any country. It does. It's pretty disheartening when you see people out there that are openly committing it. And yet they skate on through. Uh, people like Dr. Fauci. I'm quite uh, quite certain that that's what you could classify him as. Seeing as how here, here's a guy who took gain of function research from the University of North Carolina, moved it to Winnipeg, Canada, and then got moved to China. That's how. By the way, that's how the Canadians are mixed up in this. What? Why would you? Why would you take something that is outlawed, more or less, in in the United States? the gain of function stuff, which even the Obama administration officials, as horrible as they were, said, uh, this stuff is entirely too dangerous. We can't be doing this. You're messing around here with viruses that, that have a 15 plus mortality rate, which is what Senator Rand Paul was talking about with him. No, we're not going to do this anymore. We're shutting this down. So what they do, they moved it to Canada. No, Canada, you can't do that either. What did they do after that? They moved it over to China where they don't give a damn about any kind of international law and they can do their dirt over there. Why on earth would you give the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Liberation Army, why would you give them that kind of research and that kind of technology? Why would you do that? There's no excuse for that. None. No, there is no excuse for it. And I can't think of a single good reason to do it. So was it Sherlock? Yeah, it was, it was a Sherlock Holmes thing, wasn't it? Um, you know, once you've investigated the most likely and the probable, even if what's left is impossible, it has to be the answer. And yep. the impossible answer is that it was the intention to release a virus on the world that would bring about or, or give those that desire it more control. It would you know, bring about a loss of freedom. It would break economies. It would do all those things that it has done and allow animals like Schwab to get his his dream of a global reset, but buy again, book. it's not buy, really buy his book. He needs book. I tell needs you what, I'd sales. like to do with that book. It's what I would show. like to do with that book. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, I won't go into too much detail, but it involves uh, a big pot of treacle, some broken glass, and a large rubber vet's glove. 
Sounds interesting. Uh, I want to switch over to uh, to Senator Rand Paul here since we were kind of talking about him. So some Fauci emails have come out, uh, around 3,000 of them, uh, just a little over 3,000 of them, due to a Freedom of Information Act request. You know, I was listening to um, Dr. Peter Navarro on Steve Bannon's podcast last night, and he said, because a lot of these these emails, there's a lot of key parts in these things that are redacted. And he says, no. He says, we already know that Fauci's guilty. We need all these emails, all the redacted parts. Nothing in these emails should be redacted because everything in this is on the table because it's all relevant. And I agree with that. It's all relevant. But Rand Paul, and of course, we played clips of him here grilling Fauci. He's one of the few that are actually standing up uh, against this and actually asking this guy real questions in front of TV cameras. Of course, it's not covered in the media uh, or anything like that. Instead, the media spends all day giving Fauci uh, ice cold water and slow pitch softballs. But uh, Rand Paul calls for Fauci to be fired after the email revelations. Now, there's a lot of things in these emails. And of course, the memes have already started. You know, a couple of uh, a couple of them are floating around out there. Fauci sitting at a uh, at a desk in a classroom and he's being passed a note from behind from Hillary Clinton. The note says you should have deleted the emails. Senator Rand Paul, who gri- I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I was <laughs> I, I was just giggling at, at, at that image you just put into my head. <laughs> Rand Paul tweeted, I told you we need to fire Fauci. I can't wait to see the media try to spin the Fauci FOIA request emails, which is the Freedom of Information Act. That's uh, a shortened part of that. In the emails, Fauci said early on that face masks are not helpful, which I've got a compilation of that to play here in just a few minutes. Uh, Fauci is included in that, as well as Chris Whitty out of the UK, Matt Hancock, Health Secretary Matt Hancock, Jonathan Van Tam, and a few others. Uh, They received information that there was reason to believe that the virus was engineered and advocated for early school closures, despite evidence showing that kids were not at high risk for contracting or spreading the illness. Today, it was announced in the city of Baltimore, and I'm sure it'll be announced in all blue cities across the U.S. Due to the fact that all schools were closed last year, they've made an arbitrary decision to pass all the students anyway. So we're going to promote them even though they weren't in school and they didn't take part in any kind of educational learning whatsoever. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is, uh, some people call her a, a QAnon conspiracy theorist person or whatever. I don't know. She's a sitting member of Congress. So uh, I'm going off of what she says here. She has echoed Rand Paul's calls. And in response, she's also promoted her own bill called the Fire Fauci Act. Uh, In the bill, she says that Dr. Anthony Fauci earned $434,312 in 2020. Dr. Fauci is not only the highest paid doctor in the federal government, but also the highest paid of any one of the 4 million federal employees, including the president. So Fauci is now accused of not only not following the science, but instead taking the path of least resistance in accordance with his experience as a life bureaucrat. So I've also got uh, some of the copies of the emails here. Now, Peter Daszak, I want to get into this one. Peter Daszak, as as I mentioned earlier, he was the guy that works with the World Health Organization as an investigator, also the CEO of the EcoHealth Alliance, who took the $3.5 million dollars and the gain-of-function research from the U.S. and Canada and had it moved to China to fund those labs in Wuhan. So he is heavily involved in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He, in one of these emails, he thanked Fauci for misleading the public when it comes to the lab leak theory. Oh, well, we really appreciate that, Tony. Uh, and it's it's great how they're on such a uh, uh, such a, a first-name basis uh, in these emails, how informal everything is. So here it is. Here's the, here's the email right here sent on April 19th of 2020. That was a Sunday for anyone that wants to double check. Uh, this was sent from Anthony Fauci to Peter Daszak in response to, thank you for your public comments on the COVID-19 origins. Tony, as of, uh, as the PI regarding, the, I, I'm, I'm sorry for the, uh, you know, they use like codes in here for uh, like grants and things like that. So yeah, uh, as the Public investigation of the R01 grant publicly targeted by Fox News reporters at the presidential press briefings last night. I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from a bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. From my perspective, your comments are brave and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun around the virus origins. All of their emails, when sent through official channels, are subject to the freedom of information. And so they know that whatever they type is going to be open to public scrutiny. It's highly unlikely that any of these devious bastards 
are ever going to leave themselves wide open in an email. Unlike Hillary, for instance, who deleted all hers. So, yeah, all that is is someone giving estimate of function research. Fauci, by dean of his very position, was also um, implicated. And all they're doing is giving uh, a pre-testimony in their defense in an email. Uh, Bruce, you want to weigh in on that? Uh, I'm not really much to add on that one. I, I agree with Marty in that. Um, I, I don't think they're going to openly uh, implicate themselves. Uh, though at the same time, um, why would you be thanking them for um, covering up? I mean, it, 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 it leaves questions. Like, why, why are you covering up the fact that it uh, was released from a lab? Why wouldn't you be like, I don't know, maybe we should uh, look into this, you know? I mean, I, I, I get why it's rhetorical, the questioning. But I, I don't think we're really going to find a whole lot in the sense of it's just going to find things to anger the people. I don't think there's actually going to be anything really to go on necessarily. It's just another exercise in plausible deniability. Here, look, you've seen my emails. I said to him, I thanked him for um, discrediting the the rumors about it being a leak, intentional or otherwise. And we are sticking by our story that it was a zoological transfer. But he since backpedaled on that. And as I said, the agenda's now shifted. Uh, and of course, you've got Francis Collins, who is his boss, who's now come out today. And he says, no, we don't need to be dismissing this lab leak theory. Why? Their fingerprints are all over it. Why would you admit guilt on that unless you're looking to... I mean, I, honestly, I don't know how they're going to spin it. Rand well, Paul's like saying I the think, same thing. Go ahead. It, yeah, they can spin it. Well, they're, they're, they're not going to try and spin it because spin is the easiest thing for for your average man, woman on the street to be able to, to recognize. You know, you, you can recognize when someone's spinning something. All they are doing is giving themselves plausible deniability, and then they will lay the blame firmly on China. But that's but, that's where they want to lay the blame because yeah, you know. Fair enough, but like their apologies in this sense. Oh, well, we're awful sorry about that. That that doesn't mean anything to me. Look, look at how many people have died, and look how many people people have suffered. This is breaking, by the way. This just came out of the Telegraph. There is a study that was just released out of the University of Munich in Germany. Lockdown had no effect on anything having to do with the pandemic or the rate of spread in the country of Germany. They also turned up that the number of infections were actually falling before the lockdowns were implemented. So what have you done? What have you done? And these guys are, as far as I'm concerned, personally responsible for this in this agenda, along with Neil Ferguson over in the UK for hyping up the fear of this thing, saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be 10 million dead if we don't uh, if we don't shut everything down. And, and all these governments that they've gotten on board with all this stuff, they're all complicit in all this. They've destroyed wealth. They've destroyed the economies. They've destroyed prosperity. They've destroyed lives. They've destroyed families. For what? It doesn't mean anything that they come out and they give themselves plausible deniability. I, I want them sitting in front of a judge and jury, and I want them tried for the crimes that they've committed. Just playing devil's advocate, for a moment or two, let's say you're at the top of your career. Um, you're a senior scientist or a, a senior um, medic, highly qualified doctor, and you get approached and you get told, basically, we want you to help us develop this plan and to roll it out and to ramp up the fear of this virus. If you say no, um, you're finished. You'll lose your job. You'll lose your status. But if you say yes, you're going to get 20 million, something like that. So if Fauci earns 400,000 a year, 30, 40 million maybe as a, as, a, as a little sweetener, what are you going to do? In most cases, you are going to say yes. No, it takes are you asking me personally? No I'm, no, I'm not saying you, because I think you, Bruce, and I would tell them where to stick it. But we would be... If I'm I'm flattering myself here now because I'm never going to be at the top of my career, but we'd get discredited. We'd lose all respect from those around us. They would dig up some dirt, particularly the kind of dirt that Epstein was was collecting, those kind of things. So to be able to do this, the originators of this terribly dark, evil plan needed to be able to put coercement and pressure on these scientists. Now, Michael Yeadon, he seems to have rejected it. 
And as a result, he got fired, largely discredited, um, and he's done what he can to to put the truth out there. So um, He also gave another interview last night. I will uh, get that posted up in our Telegram channel later today. Uh, as well. well. That'd be great. I'd, be, I'd love to see that. This just in, this is a statement from uh, uh, from Donald Trump uh, on what should happen here as far as, uh, at least from his standpoint, says that uh, now everyone, even the so-called enemy, are beginning to say that President Trump was right about the China virus coming from the Wuhan lab. The correspondence between Dr. Fauci and China speaks too loudly for anyone in uh, for anyone to ignore. China should pay $10 trillion to America and to the world for the death and destruction that they have caused. Would $10 trillion cover it? What's the U.S. national debt at the moment? $17 well, trillion? We, no, it's more than that. That's probably, I think that's this year so far. Yeah, about that. Uh, they're, they're, I think at the moment they're in the process of teeing up, what is it, Bruce, another $6 trillion for infrastructure? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a two trillion, then a uh, then a four trillion, then they proposed an eleven, didn't quite fly, so they knocked it back to six. Uh, so yeah, uh, ten trillion? No, that's that's not going to do anything. No. One of the things I've found most heartening is the red states returning the federal money that Biden was sorry, oh Biden was um, throwing out to to states for um, you know restarting their economies and so on and so forth. But it came with um, a condition, and that was that they couldn't cut taxes, that the states couldn't cut taxes. So several of the red states have just gone, thank you very much, um, President O'Biden, but we don't want your money and we'll stick uh, with governing ourselves. And I, I find that most gratifying. But um, uh, I'm sorry, I, th I think what Donald is saying uh, is true that there needs to be some sort of, of recompense. However, China are never going to pay it. So why doesn't he? Fo why isn't he focusing on the the real architects of the pandemic? That being the Rockefeller Foundation, the yeah, Rothschilds, exactly. Soros, exactly. Gates, Bezos, all those ones. Why why is he not saying that mm -hmm. instead? pointing at China. As I said earlier on, the plan has always been to blame the boogeyman being China for everything, which still allows the elite off scot-free. Yep, which is exactly what I said yesterday. I said public enemy number one, no matter where you are, is the group at Davos, Schwab and Company, and all the corporations they got under their thumbs. Yep, you, you did indeed say that, and that's probably why I was able to, to reiterate it now. Mm -hmm. So yep. thank you. You got it. All right. So more of these emails. Uh, Fauci talking about how masks are not really effective. Uh, he also advocated for school closures and uh, knew that the virus could have been engineered. So he knew all this. He knew all this. Fauci's not an idiot. He could have gone straight into his office. He could have called it up on his computer. He could have seen exactly what it was. And that's probably what he did. But not a single time did he walk into any of those meetings when Trump was there. And he was in there with Pence and the, and Burks and, and Navarro and the rest of the uh, the coronavirus task force, not one time did he speak up and say anything about his involvement in any of this. Not one time did he do that. And people that were in those meetings, like Navarro, I've, I heard the interview he gave last night. He said exactly the same thing. Not one time did he speak up on any of this. All right. So uh, in response to questions from uh, Sylvia Burwell about precautions she uh, she should uh, about precautions she should take while traveling. Fauci said masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. OK, uh, he says the typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low risk location. OK, all right. Uh, but he wasn't the only one saying that in the early days, was he? No, he wasn't. You had a lot of other people saying exactly that. You had uh, the uh, the people on the SAGE Council in the UK saying that. You had people at the World Health Organization saying that. You had people in the US saying that. No, you don't need to be wearing these things. No, you don't need to do that. Uh, I want to play a compilation here of Anthony Fauci, Chris Whitty, Health Secretary Matt Hancock, Jonathan Van Tam, uh, and a couple other people talking about in the early days last year, no, you don't need to be wearing masks. No, there's no science that those things, there's nothing to back up that those things even work. No, you don't need to be wearing those. There's no sense in, in people going out and, uh, and getting these and, 
and and wearing these. There's no there's no data to support that these things actually work. So there's no need to wear them. Uh, and in fact, uh, they don't even slow the transmission or, or stop the spread or anything. Then the World Health Organization changed their mind and said, oh, yeah, you got to wear them. You, you have to wear them. Uh, we're, we're mandating them in, in all these places and you have to wear them. If you don't, we're going to fine you. So let's listen to the compilation. In terms of wearing a mask, our advice is clear that wearing a mask, if you don't have inf an infection, really reduces the risk, almost none, not at all. So we do not advise that. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. People tend to leave them on. Uh, they contaminate the, the face mask and then wipe it over something. So it's really not a good idea and doesn't help. There is no evidence that general wearing of face masks by the public who are well affects the spread of the disease in our society. The, the evidence on face masks has always been quite variable, quite weak, quite difficult to know exactly, and there's no real trials on it. When the evidence around the use of masks by the general public, especially uh, outdoors, uh, is, ex is extremely weak. The, the recommendation from SAGE has been is completely clear, which is that there is weak evidence of a small effect in which a face mask can prevent a source of infection going from somebody who is infected uh, to the people around them. Yes. It was a statement by I the remember. World Health Organization, uh, which was definitely against the wearing of muzzles. A few weeks ago, the World Health Organization did a reverse ferret and changed its mind. And uh, Deborah Cohen of the medical correspondent Newsnight on the BBC had an amazing scoop the other day. She actually discovered, and she put it to the WHO, that uh, her contacts were inside the world health organization had told her that the the position of the WHO on muscles had been changed because of political pressure, not because of, of medical reasons. Newsnight understands that the World Health Organization committee that reviewed the evidence for the use of face coverings in public didn't back them. But after political lobbying, the WHO now recommends them. As of Monday, the 15th of June, face coverings will become mandatory on public transport. We've therefore come to the decision that face coverings should be mandatory in shops and supermarkets. Marty, you want to start with that? I've, I've traveled the world fairly widely and long before any of this went on, I've seen Chinese people abroad wearing face masks. They were the only race of people uh, on an underground system like uh, the tube in um, in London or the the system that they have in Singapore or around the malls in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. They are the only race I've seen wearing those surgical face masks. And we said it all along. And when those people came out and said they're virtually ineffectual against the virus, we were having a conversation at the time, which was if you've got that virus and you've got this uncontrollable cough and you've got a high temperature, you are not going to be going outside. You're going to be getting yourself to hospital or staying at home until you're better. So the, the, the whole idea that suddenly we all need to wear masks, even if you're healthy and asymptomatic um, or have no symptoms because you don't have the virus is and has been absolutely ridiculous and it's a control mechanism it's a way of making you feel miserable it's making you more compliant it's seeing how far they could push us as a human race with just one thing after another so i'm glad you played that clip but we heard them all say it in the first place we were equally flabbergasted when they backpedaled and reversed that decision so yeah they all need to be brought to account for it. Isn't it nice being right? <laughs> I mean, this, this is all the stuff instance. we were saying in the beginning. Uh, no, in this instance, I don't like being right. Actually, no, I I'm content with being right on I this. I think we'd we have were... all been happier. That, uh, I think we're content, but um, I think really we, we'd all much rather have been wrong. Yeah, I I'm content with the fact that we were we did have the right information and we were saying the right things. I, I just, uh, I, w I wish it weren't true at the same time. Um, it's just, uh, they're, they're, they're just trying to enact control on everybody and, and 
it's disappointing seeing that you know the the fact that lobbyists came in and you know it's one of one of my uh soapboxes i i, I think lobbying is uh bribery and should be um abolished banned um illegal but um eh, it's where we're at you know i i think that in the early days we're sitting here and we're, we're looking around and i'm i'm thinking to myself okay um let, let's once we started seeing them push for the the mandates. Oh, no, no, we're just going to do these mask mandates for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was just 14 days to flatten the curve. Then it was, well, we're just going to do masks for a couple of weeks till we can get that infection down. They're still on, aren't they? And then it was, oh, well, we need these because this will get you to a vaccine. Well, we got a vaccine, but you get two jabs in the US. I I, I mean, I, I know that this is what business people are going through now. They're, they've got two jabs in the US, they're traveling to London for business meetings and they have to go through five day quarantines in London, but they've got two jabs. Why? It's more. It's always more. So no, we, we knew that masks were political in the first place. As soon as I saw that they were doing two weeks, I said, okay, it's control. That's all it is because masks don't work. As soon as people started putting them on, I thought, okay, let's talk to, you know, let's sit down with GP. Let's see what the effectiveness of these things are. Uh, and then that, at that point, that's when Mike reached out to us and he says, I'm a I'm an air quality expert. This is what I do. Uh, and I, I do this stuff. I'm in this stuff every day. Uh, I want to come on and talk to you guys. And he actually schooled a lot of us on things that from a workplace standpoint, GP was giving it to us from a professional standpoint. Bruce was looking at all the statistics and everything you could possibly imagine with it. So that's why he has everything down to the 10,000th uh, decimal point on these things. So we knew it was like using a chain link fence to stop a mosquito. And you've heard you've heard that. Uh, You've heard that comparison before. Use the, use this analogy if you want. Take a handful of sand or a handful of gravel, whatever. All right, take gravel, take a handful of pebbles or something and throw it at a chain link fence. That's the same thing here. It's the same concept, except it's put in, a, in, a, in an aspect where you can visually see what that's doing. The handful of pebbles, that's going to be your virus particles, the size of uh, what coronavirus is. Throw it through a chain link fence. The chain link fence in this case represents the mask that you're wearing. If the if the masks were so effective, the virus would have never made it out of China, and the lockdowns wouldn't have been necessary. And of course, like I said, it's uh, it's out of the University of Munich today that the lockdowns were completely ineffective. They they want to stop people traveling for one thing. I'm listening to the to the radio local station, and they've got a cruise holiday uh, as part of a competition, and it's just a cruise round the the British Isles. So you never leave UK waters, you embark from a UK port, and it's stipulated that you must have had both COVID jabs to go on the cruise. You know, that they would n- they will not let anybody... Yeah, I, I agree um, with that digit you just raised there, Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. You're right, it's, it's control after control. You know, may, maybe communism will work in our society here in the West now, if it's got people who are willing to admit when they've made a mistake and rethink their policy. But like I said the other night, um, communism in in a country where it's um, impossible for someone to lose face and continue to function, they can never admit when they're wrong. And these non-democrat Democrats with their socialist ideas uh, and their dream of a perfect world under socialism are simply not admitting when they've when they've got it wrong. And as you've said time and time again, they double down on every lie. And masks were a lie. The origin of the virus was a lie. Testing. How many other lies are about to be uncovered? Yeah. If you stop testing, you stop getting cases. Yep. Yeah, I haven't got much else to say on, this, on the subject of masks other than at the moment, I'm still wearing one just so I can go about my daily business without being stopped, harangued and um, given a hard time. So uh, they're saying now that the UK is in the early stages of the third wave. Yeah, that kind of uh, what happened to the India variant that kind of disappeared after the Indian government said, uh, yeah, OK, w- you need to stop lying to people by uh, uh, by saying that. I was listening to a gentleman. I, I put the clip up in our Telegram channel the other day. Older gentleman, kind of portly, uh, is on the LBC. Uh, do, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, you're talking about Nick Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Nick Ferrari. Yes. Uh, he was on and uh, he's got a, uh, one of the uh, 
top scientists or whatever, whoever they've called in uh, to, to stick up there with a name that you don't recognize because they change them so often. And he says, look, I'm signed up to get both of my jabs. He says, we're supposed to have this uh, Freedom Day on, on June 21st. And, and here he is, this scientist or whatever he is that's on his show. He says, uh, we can't open the, uh, the economy. We're all going to die. He says, so what is it? What, what is it? Is it? Did the vaccines work or do they not? It's that simple. And he can't even give him an answer. He just dances around and dances around it. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the video from the radio show with Nick Ferrari talking to whoever that was, some nameless scientist. And because he's a, a relatively unknown scientist, I imagine he was probably only offered about five million to spout his fear mongering um, bull, basically. It could have been, yeah. But uh, anyway, like I mean, it's just it's just the continuing agenda. It, I mean, that's that's what it all boils down to is exactly that. It's just the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. They're not going to let off of it. Uh, it's it's like the um, and I wanted to get into this today, but unfortunately, we're out of time, so we're going to have to go. But uh, uh, it's just like the vaccine passports. People aren't taking the vaccine passports, so the EU's come out and said, okay, we're going to introduce this new thing that's going to uh, integrate all of your life. So you don't want the vaccine passports? They're doubling down. They're saying. Well, okay, well, then we'll give you this thing that rules and, and uh, makes decisions over your entire life. And if you don't do what we say, then you're not going to be able to function in society. It's the same thing with what the vaccine thing has been in the U.S. You don't want to take the vaccines? Okay, that's fine. Well, we want to uh, open up uh, trials to, uh, to children. Oh, we didn't get anybody to sign up their kids for the trials? Okay, that's fine. We're going to vaccinate all the kids. So it's just doubling down. And this is doubling down on a whole new level, on a whole new level. So it's just accelerating. And, and you can see, like like we were talking about yesterday, you can see the degeneracy and in p- kingpins like Schwab. So you can see what they're doubling down is doing. It's causing people in their inner circles to split off from them. So uh, anyway, uh, that's that's just the way that it is. So, all right, we are going to have to go again. We are not here tomorrow for the exclusive. We do apologize for that, for that, but we do have a, a team building event that we're going to be doing. And I look forward to seeing both of you there. Uh, and it's going to be great. It's going to be good fun. Yeah. For those of you who not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast just for our, our Telegram subscribers, with the exception of this week, uh, because we do have some extracurricular activities planned for uh, for tomorrow. So we won't be here. Uh, also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that'd be great as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for this evening, gentlemen. I want to thank you both for being here. Marty, it's been great to sit down and talk with you today. Bruce, great to sit down with you as always. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Good night, folks. Good night, guys. Good night, guys.